Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. This is a safe place for everyone. No matter what your faith is or isn't. Reverend Angelus Wise is our host. He firmly believes that the divine works through people every day to help us. These angels and saints are so very humble. Many of us don't know they exist or existed. Each week we explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore topics that can help you faith. No matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen and heal you and your faith. So, be sure to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. And Happy New Year to some of our listeners. Others still have the New Year to come, and I'll get into that in just a moment. But welcome, everyone. How are you all doing? I so hope and pray you all are well and blessed. I know the holidays, especially New Year's, can be extremely difficult for some, and know that each and every one of you are in my heart and prayers. If you're new to the show, thank you for finding us. Thank you for spending time with us. It is my deepest hope and sincerest prayer that you find everything you're looking for in a faith-based podcast here and more. And if you're returning, infinite thanks, blessings, and love for all of your love and support for the show. You are the reason why we are here. So for Westerners uh, that go by the Gregorian calendar, it is New Year's. Today is New Year's Day, and Happy New Year's to everyone who goes by the Gregorian calendar. If you didn't know, the Gregorian calendar started in 1751, or I should say was implemented in 1751 in the UK amongst the colonies there, and it spread forth from there on. If you follow the lunar calendar, you would have Chinese New Year, and in Tibetan it's called Losar, coming up on Sunday, January 22nd. So that's the Chinese and Tibetan New Year. And if you're Orthodox, you go by the Julian calendar or revised Julian calendar. And the Orthodox New Year is Saturday, January 14th. So happy New Year's to each and every one of you, whether that is today or forthcoming in this month. So those of you who listened to the book nook a few weeks ago, last month in December, this December book nook, know that a big uh, thing, or at least for me, <laughs> a big thing is starting today, is being born today, January 1st, 2023, according to the um, Gregorian calendar. And that is the um, birth of the Oblates of Perpetual Light. And today I would like to uh, take this show to introduce the Oblates of Perpetual Light, as well as an invitation to the Oblates of Perpetual Light to each and every one of you. So first we have to begin by what is an Oblate? So historically, uh, the Oblates have been around since the ninth century. Uh, people were inspired by the rule of St. Benedict to consecrate their lives to God, the divine, um, the all that is, the universe, whatever you want to call it, according to the spirit of the rule, while remaining active participants in society. So they didn't have to become monastics because uh, there was a big issue with monastics falling away. 
Uh, they were getting older, they were retiring, they were passing away, and there weren't enough monastics coming up to you know, replenish the supply of, of clergy. So uh, lay people, such as you and me, uh, decided to start doing everything we could to become what they call lay monastics uh, or oblatai uh, in Latin. And so that is what, that's where they were born. That's where the oblates came from, was from that uh, people wanting to be more than just everyday people with their faith, going to church on Sunday and, you know, confession and, and what have you, whatever your faith is or isn't. Uh, they wanted to be more involved. So the Oblates were, were, were birthed, they, were, they came to be. And so that started, again, like I said, in the ninth century. But also around the 15th century, um, St. Francis uh, of Rome, not to be confused with St. Francis of Assisi, uh, organized a group of lay women interested in serving the poor into the association guided by the Benedictine rule. They became known as the Oblates of St. Benedict. So that was actually the very like historical beginning of them actually being a formation or a group was in the 15th century, but it dates back to the 9th century. So that's how they started there. But also in addition to the St. Benedict Oblates, uh, there are the St. Francis uh, tertiaries, or also known as the Third Order. And they, the tertiaries, or the Third Order, make up the largest group of the Order of Franciscans. It's huge. So it's amazing that, you know, and even today with just the Oblates themselves, the Benedictine Oblates, which I'm referring to, they outnumber clergy 200 to 1. So there's 200 oblates to every one person that's clergy. And, you know, that's amazing because oblates uh, in a church setting or monastic setting are able to help out with these sacraments. Um, you know, of course, they can't perform the sacraments, but they can assist with the sacraments. So that, again, brings them deeper and closer with their relationship with the divine. So how does the Oblates fit in with us? Yes, and I do say us because the Oblates of Perpetual Light, for those of you who have not had a chance to listen to the book nook from last month, is our group. It's what I've created for us. So the Oblates of Perpetual Light is the very first of its kind. Um, it is an all-online group of Oblates. And how oblates usually work is they do a little bit, just a little bit online, but most of it is in person. You go to a monastery, you volunteer your time, you serve at the monastery, you, you know, and, and I, I, I completely and totally applaud that. But I also understand that, especially with today's world, with all of the garbage that's going on and all of the illnesses uh, that it's very difficult, especially for uh, those of you with disabilities, or I should say abilities. Um, and those of you who are seniors, it's very difficult to get in your car and or, or get on a plane and fly or drive to the lo to the nearest monastery. For some of you, it could be countries away. For others of you, it could be hundreds, if not thousands of miles away. So it's not something you can do. But my question is, why should you not be able to be 
an oblate? Why should you not be able to participate as an oblate? So yes, this is something else that the divine uh, put in my heart uh, and, and wants me to do. So this is what we're doing starting today. Uh, the oblates of perpetual light have taken birth in, you know, in the world now. So Again, we're the very first group that's going to be completely online. So what does that mean? I have a Facebook group set up, and all the information for this will be in the show notes. I have an, a Facebook group set up for anyone that wants to join. Uh, you will Once you join, you will receive an invitation from me to join the Facebook group if you would like. Uh, it's mainly set up for people who are Kathy Chatties like me, that love to talk, that love to interact with others. Um, and that brings me to this. There's two types of oblates. Uh, the first is the very interactive, uh, very social, very wanting to be there with their brothers and sisters and, and help each other out and support each other. And then the second type of oblate is more of your ascetic uh, hermit type of oblate, an oblate that's very private, that, you know, works and in, in breathes and eats their faith all on their own. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And you can still be an oblate, even if you are a very private person. And I'll get to more details on that as we go. So again, this is going to be the very first completely online oblate. So we will have, like I said, the Facebook group uh, for our oblates. There will also be once a month, there'll be either a Zoom meeting or Facebook meeting or something of that nature where you all will be invited who are oblates to join in this monthly meeting. And you can either open your video so everybody can see you or you can keep it closed and where we just hear your voice. That way we can all get together at least once a month to just talk and share. And I can let you know what's going on with our with our group and what's to come and uh, share with you what I'm you know studying and working on. And you can share what you're studying and working on. And this is open to all all faiths, and I'm going to get into that here in just a moment, all faiths, regardless of what your faith is or isn't, you are invited to join the Oblates. So with us being completely online, everyone and anyone can connect. Everyone and anyone can join. Um, all of us, just about all of us, have smartphones now. I mean, even my parents who are in their mid-70s are have smartphones so even they can join if they want. Everybody can be a part of the Oblates. And, and we'll get into exactly what the Oblates do here in just a moment. But in doing this, no one is excluded. Everyone is invited. It, in fact, this group of, our, of Oblates, our group of Oblates, is what is known as inclusive. And that means that everyone is welcome, regardless of their beliefs, their faith, their identification, uh, of gender, sexual preference, married, single, male, female, um, you know, non-binary. It doesn't matter. Everyone is welcome to join the Oblates. No one will be excluded. Um, we are non-denominational. So that means we're not affiliated with any one religion. You know, our structure is very Benedictine, uh, so to speak. Uh, but it's not an imposed, um, it's very flexible. I, I like to refer to it as having baby bones. It is very flexible. You know, you know who, when babies are born, their bones are very flexible. And that's how um, our group is going to be. It's very flexible. It's very able to uh, change and adapt to, I'd say a better word, adapt. It's, it's 
very able to adapt to anyone's faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The biggest thing um, with it is that we greatly respect, and I mean we as far as the entire group, we greatly respect the beliefs and freedoms of others. We are all children of a universe, and that can't be stated enough. An oblate of perpetual light is someone living in society who has heard the universe's call to guide their life in the light of awakening to what we all truly and naturally are, and who has responded to that call by living in spiritual union with our community, which is our oblates. This union is established and made explicit through the promises made uh, for oblates. And it's a, just a promise of saying that I'm going to do the following things. And we're going to get into the, what those following things, those commitments or promises are here in just a moment. But it's very easy, very natural. Matter of fact, when I go through the list, you're all probably going to say, I already do that. And that's great. If you already do that and you want to be part of a group of people that do that, then become an oblate. So the mission for the Oblates is to nurture each other in faith and prayer. The mission of the Oblates of Perpetual Light is to be welcoming, humble, compassionate, inclusive, and respectful to everyone, regardless of their beliefs. Through prayer, contemplation, and service, we bring the universe closer to our hearts and closer to the hearts of those around us. As a fellowship of believers, whatever you believe, we are to be most humble, meaning no one is to come into the group professing to know all and that everyone else is wrong and that any one person is higher or above or over another. We are all equal in the eyes of the divine and in the eyes of the universe. We have the great honor of proclaiming the glory of the universe to one another in a loving and caring setting. So as an oblate, like I said, with our monthly meetings or the Facebook group, you're able to share uh, your witness, your uh, faith with everyone. And it's not sharing as in uh, preaching and trying to convert. It's in sharing, sharing. It's in coming into communion with your fellow brothers and sisters or non-designated uh, gender. But, you know, it's everybody coming together, sharing and also listening and being there for each other. The big thing with the Oblates, with our group, is to be there to help support and nurture each other, encourage each other in our faith, in our prayer, in our practice, in our contemplation. Again, whatever that is or isn't. And you might say, well, I'm Roman Catholic. How can I help somebody that's, say, pagan? Um, I don't have anything to do with them. Like My question is, then why are you an Oblate? Uh, these Oblates are... Uh, this group of oblates is for everyone. And you would be amazed. You will be amazed at how much you will learn from other people in their faith. And I say this to everyone of all faiths. We all can learn something from each other because even if we share the same faith, say independent Catholic, you put two independent Catholics together and their beliefs are different. Their ways are different. Their practice is different. Their study is different. Their, the saints that they follow is different if they follow any saints at all. So by coming together 
in communion. We can share this with one another. And therefore, it helps each other because people can pick things from other faiths that are being shared and say, hey, you know, this is an awesome thing. And I want to add this to my faith. I want to put this in my toolbox. I want to start doing this, you know, and you can do that without converting. And that's the whole thing about the oblates is none of it is about converting. There is no conversion in here at all. If you decide you want to convert to something else, that's completely up to you. But it will not be something in our group. We, we are not to try to convert others. So if you're someone that's thinking, I'll join the Oblates with the intention to convert others to my faith, then there's no need for you to apply because that's not what the, what the Oblates are about. Or I should say, that's not what our oblates are about. So the soul of the oblates of perpetual light, we strive to create a strong community driven by prayer, contemplation, and service. Through our faith, activities, and special community, we give our members the chance to become fully immersed in the wisdom and teachings of the universe and to experience that at a deep level level. And again, that's a big thing with the Oblates, with us, is to deepen our faith, deepen our um, our love and, and respect in, in everything with, with the world, with the people around us, with our fellow Oblates, because since this is an, an exclusively online um, group, We'll have people from all over the world, from all walks of life. And believe you me, we all can learn from each other, every one of us. Okay, so again, as far as the Oblates of Perpetual Light, which is us, um, being the first of its kind, we are inclusive. I just covered that. We are also independent, meaning that we are not affiliated with any church um, We are non-denominational, which means we are not affiliated with any religion, although our structure, again, is the Benedictine. I think I already said that. But again, just to go over that again, we greatly respect the beliefs and freedoms of all because we are all children of the universe. So there's only four things you have to do to be an oblate of perpetual light. The first is to study and contemplate. Roman Catholics and Catholics will know this is Lectio Divina, so that's one of the things that we uh, promise to do. And we do this um, by whatever your faith is. Everybody has a sacred text for their faith. So what you would do is you would study and contemplate some sacred text of your faith at least once a day. It's up to you how much you study and contemplate. It can be as little as a sentence or as much as you wish. You choose when, where, and how long. So that's number one. Number two is prayer. Prayer is key in the heart of the oblates of perpetual light. It's imperative that an oblate pray sometime during the day or night. Again, it's up to you to choose when, where, and for how long. So that's number two. Number three, oblates will gather together online, typically on Zoom or Facebook, at least once a month. There is also a Facebook group. Oblates can meet and commune more often if they choose. They are oblates who are very social, and there are oblates who are very private. All are respected. If you are more private and more ascetic, you will need to keep in touch with the director of oblates privately. So that's me. I'm the director of oblates. 
Uh, so that's number three. Number four, to love and respect all members regardless of their faith. We are here as a group, not as individuals, or I should say just as individuals. Everyone's faith, beliefs, views, etc., will be respected. Bullying, hate, attacks, etc., will not be tolerated. Again, converting as well will not be tolerated. So those are the only four things that you have to do. As an oblate, you promise or commit to studying and contemplating uh, Lectio Divina of whatever sacred texts of your choice, or maybe it's books that you study that help you with your faith, even if it's just reading a sentence a day. It's up to you on how much, when, where, and for how long. That's up to you. Number two is the prayer. To pray at least sometime during the day. And it's up to you again, how, when, and where, and how much. And number three was the getting together once a month. Again, if you are one that wants to do that, that's great. But if you are very shy, withdrawn, have social anxiety, um, I would encourage you to join in. But just you can you have the option of turning off the video where you, people won't see you, but we'll be able to hear you. And you don't have to say anything other than hello and introduce yourself if you feel like it. If you don't want to introduce yourself, then please, you know, I'm not going to push anybody and no one will push you. Uh, but if you're one of those, that's just very to yourself, very private. As I say, very ascetic or uh, like a hermit. I completely respect that. And just ask that you keep in contact with me. And you, people who know me know that if I don't hear from you for a certain period of time, I'll be reaching out to you just to check on you and see how you are and see how you're doing. And the fourth, I think, is going to be the hardest for a lot of people, especially those who are hard-lined, whatever their faith is, or hard-nosed, whatever their faith is. And that's to love and respect all the members, regardless of their faith, regardless of what they profess, regardless of what they are. So say you have a Roman Catholic talking in the Facebook group, and then you have a Buddhist come in and start saying something. You know, I don't want the Buddhist to attack the Roman Catholic. I don't want the Roman Catholic to attack the Buddhist. And I don't want one to try to convert the other in throwing verses, you know, sacred scripture back and forth. There will be no battles, battles, attacks are not permitted conversations discussions are welcomed and you know i greatly welcome those as long as they're healthy discussions you know I, again i want everybody to do it with the utmost love and respect and they will be monitored so you know just another heads up for those who may be discerning joining just to push their faith so another big thing with the oblates, the Benedictine oblates, which I've kind of adapted a little bit to for us is their reformation of life. It's called the reformation of my life. Oblates commit themselves to a never ending process of contemplation and integration, a deepening of their awareness of and responsiveness to the universe through the practice of contemplative studies and prayer. The ongoing process of integration is referred to as conversatio morum, also means, excuse me, reformation of life. It is the oblate's continuous consecration to the divine of the deepest parts of their selves and their lives. In plain English, all that means is that when you make that promise or commitment as an oblate, 
you are in turn, by doing these practices, by communing with others of the oblates, um, you are going to deepen and grow in your own personal faith. And that's a very beautiful thing. And that's a huge objective for being an oblate. It's not just to help others, but it's also to help yourself, to help yourself grow and evolve in your faith. The next is oblates principally serve the divine and all beings through prayer. Their deepening union with the universe in prayer naturally overflows in contemplative availability to family, parish, co-workers, civic community, and in a special way through acts of service. So all oblates do in tertiaries are there for service, just like monks and nuns are there to serve. How do we of oblates of perpetual light serve? We serve through prayer. So we serve our community, fellow oblates, by communion with each other, helping, encouraging, uplifting, strengthening each other. But we also, on a private level, since we're out in the world and we're among other people, is to spread that, to share that, um, you know, our faith with others. And I'm not saying to convert others. I'll get to that here in just a moment. Those of you who know me know that prayer is essential in my life. It is the the, the cornerstone, the foundation of my life and my faith and my practice. And as oblates, you'll learn to make that as yours as well. Through your study uh, of your sacred scriptures or books or texts and, and implementing that by studying and contemplating on it. Again, the Lectio Divina and, and you know, adapting that into your prayer, into your life. Um, that will shine forth through you. You will become that lighthouse in your family, in your community, to your friends, um, co-workers. And how I mean this is by you being you, by living as you live, by being an example to others. You can convey your faith to others without naming it, labeling it, um, trying to convert others. I mean, naturally, if someone comes up to you and asks you, how do you do what you do? How how are you are who you are? That's an invitation to talk with someone and to share. But you want to, you know, wade into it with them. You don't want to just blast them with all that you are and all that you do. And I know that's very difficult, especially for people who talk a lot like I do. Uh, but it's very important because you don't want to scare somebody away. It's very easy to overwhelm them. Uh, so, again, it's by us being us, by sharing um, others by our actions, by our thoughts, by our words, our words and our deeds. People will see who you are through that. So some of you will see, or I say all of you who are interested in becoming an oblate, if you go to the website, you will see this information as well. Yes, we have a website already for it. And I'll give you that information here in a moment, and it'll also be in the show notes and description. But um, those of you who wish to wear formal oblate attire, you don't have to. It's a, it's a very voluntary thing, um, are welcome to. I have a picture of me in my oblate attire uh, at that moment. Um, it's changing a little bit here as soon as my uh, scapular arrives. Hopefully it arrives by the time this airs. Um, but it's not it's not something that you have to do. If you want to uh, dress as an ob oblate, you're more than welcome to. Um, I find it and others find it uh, very good to to wear the, the uh, attire of an oblate because 
um, it makes you feel that much closer to your cause, uh, to your commitments, to, you know, when you're when you're dressed as an oblate and you're praying, it's different than when you're wearing your casual clothes. When you're uh, dressed as an oblate and you're studying and practicing and, and um, learning from scripture or uh, whatever faith uh, you are, it matters. It, it greatly enhances that, you know. And when you are dressed as an oblate and you're communing with other oblates, how you act as an, dressed as an oblate, it, it greatly enhances that. So the, the habit of an oblate just like a habit of a priest or a nun or a sister or a brother or friar, these um, or a benedicting, the the dress influences who you are and how you act because it's a constant reminder of your commitments, of your promises. But again, it's not it's not something that you have to. The only thing I ask is that you don't wear the hood or the cowl, as it's also called until after you've made your uh, commitment. And again, you know, you'll be a novice for at least the first 90 days. Uh, and it's a, it's a period of discerning and a chance to get into the group and wade in and decide if it's something that you want to do and, and, and be and to, you know, commit to uh, praying a little every day, reading a little every day, um, you know, communion with your fellow oblates a little bit here and there or at least once a month. Uh, and then from there, you know, if you, you know, we get to the point at the 90 days, we will reassess, see where you are. And if you want to join, then you're welcome to join. And then at that time, once you make those formal commitments, you can wear the cowl, uh, also known as the hood. So what the attire is, is it is a white uh, tunic or robe. Um, if, you know, you'll see pictures on the website of me with mine and also a stock footage picture of a, uh, a monk in his white um, tunic. And, you know, the hood, of course, is just that, the cowl or the hood. It's, it's no big deal. If any of you are wanting to do that, you know, and you can't locate a place to get them, um, they range about 70 bucks, um, so, and that's with the hood. Uh, so just let me know if you can't find one on your own, um, and I'll be more than happy to share the link with you where I got mine from. Um, and, you know, as an oblate of perpetual light, you're given the choice to wear the white tunic, uh, and the cowl. And like I said, for three months is that discerning period. Um, and again, why white? Because they come in all colors. Uh, really they do. Um, so a contemplative way of life is the core of an oblate. Some of the most contemplative monastics were the Carthusians and the Kamadalis, they wore white. Also, some Benedictines wear white. Uh, for us, wearing white is a symbol of our contemplative life, humility, prayer, and service. Now, we will have um, clergy in our Oblates group. There'll be priests, there'll be um, ministers, pastors, um, maybe bishops, archbishops, I don't know. It's, it's quite possible. Uh, you know, and of course, they are more than welcome. Everyone is more than welcome to wear whatever you want. But that is just, if you want to wear the uniform of the oblate, that will be the uniform. So last but certainly not least is symbols. There are two main symbols that I have chosen for the oblates of perpetual light. Of course, the perpetual 
eternal flame symbol. Uh, that was a, that was a no-brainer. You know, that's what the divine wanted, um, and so that's you know what was put in my heart. So that is the main thing as the you know perpetual light symbol. Uh, the second is the symbol for the Holy Trinity. But those of you from other faiths might notice it as the triskele. And to me, that is a very personal uh, symbol that has a lot of meaning to me. And of course, uh, for me, it symbolizes the Holy Trinity. But I love it because it's such a universal symbol that a lot of faiths use that symbol uh, in their faith. Uh, So, you know, it's again, symbol of the Holy Trinity. It's also known as the Triskeleon. The Triskele, the Celtic Triskele, the Celtic Triskeleon, the Celtic Spiral, and the Celtic Spiral Knot. So many historians state that the Triskele, or Triple Spiral, is the oldest symbol of spirituality. The name comes from the Greek word tri and skelios, or skelos, which mean translated in as three legs in English. In the ancient origins of Irish culture, the triple spiral is said to be an important spiritual marking. Ever heard of the phrase, three times the charm? This derived from the three joining spirals of the triple spiral, which the ancient Irish believing that everything happens in batches of three. Furthermore, the spirals are also said to symbolize both the inner and outer worlds and the themes of birth, death, and rebirth, as well as the unity of mental, physical, and spiritual self. So as you see, and I hope you agree, that's quite the perfect symbol for our group of oblates because it just goes through all faiths and in, in, in all beliefs. It, it can equate to any belief system. And, um, you know, again, that's a, another symbol that you know, unifies us, that brings us together. Because, to be honest, folks, if a symbol can be universal, a non-human symbol can be universal, why can't we? Why can't we be universal with each other? Again, not changing who we are and not changing who we're in communion with, but helping each other supporting each other, uplifting each other, loving each other. We can do that. That's what interfaith is all about. It's focusing on, and that's what this group is going to be a big thing of, is focusing on the similarities instead of the differences. Again, the similarities, not the differences. So I want to expand some more on the Triskelet because, I mean, the perpetual flame speaks for itself. You know, it's that, uh, you know, you can refer to it as the burning bush. You can refer to it as, you know, the spirit that never dies. It's always perpetual. And that's what our group is going to be, that eternal flame. So I want to share some more on the Triskelet. It's just now that we have a general understanding of the triple spiral, let's talk about the history of the Celtic Triskelet. If you visit Boyne Valley, one of the cultural highlights in Ireland's ancient east, you'll likely find the Celtic Triskelet symbol at the entrance of a 5,000-year-old New Grange passage tomb. It dates back to the Neolithic era and boasts true beauty in a serene location. However, that's not the only place it can be found. 
Markings and artifacts have been located in various ancient sites, which also show us that the Celtic Triskelet became popular with the Celtic culture from 500 BCE onwards. These artifacts can be discovered in Ireland as well as in Europe and across America. The Celtic Triskelet was a symbol that had various meanings for the early pagans. One of them was linked to the sun, triadic gods, the three domains of the land, sea and sky. As we mentioned above, the triple spiral was also believed to represent the cycles of life as well as the triple goddess, the maiden mother, wise woman, also known as the crone. The triple spiral designs design, excuse me, of the Triskelet has been reinterpreted in different ways by various other cultures. For instance, the Celtic Christians used the symbol to represent the Holy Trinity. In addition to this, a version of it shows an image of three human legs around a fixed centerpiece similar to the one in the Sicilian flag. So those of you who are hardcore Catholic, please, no hate mail in saying, well, now you've taken this holy symbol and, and desecrated it and made it satanic. No, absolutely not. And again, if you have that feeling, thought, view, belief, then you have no reason to be an oblate with us, not at all. Um, I'm just saying this, what I just said, to show those of all faiths how this symbol unifies all of us, of all cultures, of all faiths. Every faith will be able to see something in this Holy Trinity or Triskelet symbol that equates with their faith or personal beliefs, and that is key. And through that, we can all commune and join together through that one symbol, which to me symbolizes the Holy Trinity. But to you, it could, it could mean something completely different, but yet still the same, because the universe is the universe, and God is God no matter what, and it is in all and of all, regardless of what you label it or don't label it. So that, my dear brothers and sisters, is the Oblates of Perpetual Light. And I extend an invitation to each and every one of you uh, to give it a try. Give it a spin. Try it on. You know, come and check us out. Uh, you can contact me uh, either at the Faith and More podcast at gmail.com or better yet, if you want to contact me directly for the Oblates, my email address is Oblates, O-B-L-A-T-E-S dot P-L, P-L as in puppy love at gmail.com. Yes, I'll have a link to this in the show notes in the description or and check out the website for the Oblates of Virtual Light. It is Oblates, O-B-L-A-T-E-S. P is in puppy, L is in love, dot Wix site, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com slash forward slash oblates, O-B-L-A-T-E-S dash P-L. And again, I'll have that information in the show notes and description. Check it out. See if it's something you'd be interested in. Like I said, I'm sure the majority of you already do these things on a regular basis. So no, why not do it as a group? You know, share you with others. And that way we all help each other, we all support each other, we all encourage each other, and we all join together in prayer for everyone. 
And in closing, I just want to resound, and I can't say this enough, is that you are safe in this group. I will not allow anyone to to attack, berate, uh, convert, terrorize, bully, whatever. You are all, regardless of what your faith is or isn't, you are safe in the Oblates group. It will, I have complete zero tolerance for anyone that violates our rules. Um, they will not get a warning shot. They will be dismissed from the group immediately. So I want to assure all of you of that, that you are safe, that if someone steps out of bounds, that will be dealt with directly and immediately. So, you know, you all will be safe regardless, because I know I want Christians, I want Jewish people, I want Muslims, I want Sikhs, I want Jains, I want Buddhists, I want everybody, Muslims, Native Americans, um, pagans, whatever Christ they, people refer to, I hate that, I just, I know, I've said this in previous, but I hate that word, it's, it's like a curse word in my mouth. Those are what I like to say, those of you who are of nature faiths, you all are welcome because we can all help each other. We are all pieces of that whole. That is the divine. That is the universe. That is God. That is Allah. That is whatever you want to label that which cannot be labeled. This week's prayer requests and updates are as follows. We have someone new to add. Um, his name is Nicholas. Nicholas had to have a trans heart transplant at the age of 14. This was back in February of 2019. Uh, he did pretty good the first year, but after that, uh, he's had many rejections and all kinds of issues, and he's also developed diabetes. Uh, he developed that back in May of 2019. Uh, now they've found out that uh, he has uh, coronary artery disease and that he is now going to have to have another heart transplant, and he is on the heart transplant list. Uh, you know, Nicholas is currently in the hospital. He is 18 years of age now. He is extremely tired. Uh, as only one could imagine, uh, having gone through heart surgery once, I couldn't imagine going through it as many times as um, poor Nicholas has. So let us please keep uh, Nicholas in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. We also have an update on Ray. Ray is now home. Uh, I have not been given an update as far as his uh, prognosis for the future, as far as what treatment is going to go moving forward, but uh, he is home from the hospital. Uh, my mother, Elaine, just informed me this week that uh, her neighbor, Doug Callis, C-A-L-E-S, uh, passed away at the age of 64. Uh, Doug is married, has a wife named Pam um, and a son. Uh, it was a very much a shock to the family. They weren't expecting it. Uh, so let us please keep Doug and his wife, Pam, and son in our hearts and prayers. General health and well-being prayers for Bob, Elaine, Lana, Megan, Molly, Gwen, Octavia, Clyde, Mike S., Kathy, Michael T., Father Mike Cantor, Eddie Cantor, Emma, Jean, Doug, Tracy, Ron, Tanya, Salma, Sister Mercy Augustine, Cheryl, and Risa.
Well, let us pray. In nomine Divi, Filii, Spiritus Sancti. O great divine, we come before you in thanks and gratitude for everything we have, for everything that you bless us with. There's so much that we're blessed with, um, so much that we are aware of, and so much that we're not aware of, and we cannot thank you enough. Please continue to be with us and bless us and walk with us and and hold us and, and keep us close to you at all times. Please bless this Oblates group that we have now started, that you have asked to be created, and please bless it to be something that helps many, many people, regardless of their faith or no faith. Um, thank you for putting it in my heart to create this group and to um, manage this group. Please guide me, guide those to come to this group, to become part of it, to help it grow, to help it flourish, to help each other, to uplift each other, to encourage each other, to heal each other in our faiths. Amen. And real quick before we go, folks, I want to remind everyone about our YouTube channel. We now have a YouTube channel, or I said we've had a YouTube channel for about a month now. Uh, feel free to check it out. It's at youtube.com at the at or ambersand symbol, Faith and More Podcast. It doesn't get any simpler than that. YouTube.com at Faith and More Podcast. And I've got all kinds of things on there. Every week or so, I'm doing an Ask Angel segment. So you get to see me. You see video of me uh, replying to questions. And I love replying to questions. So if you have a question that you would like for me to answer on our YouTube channel, please feel free to contact me. Uh, my information, contact information at the end of every show. And it's coming up here in just a moment. Also, um, Father Mike's got me practicing my homily. So every other week I am to do a homily uh, for that Sunday. And I'm actually uploading those homilies to uh, YouTube for all of you to watch. Um, also, um, the show that you're listening to right now is also uploaded on YouTube. It's just audio only, uh, but it's another way, another format to listen to the show. So be sure to check it out. It's an awesome way for all of us to connect more, for all of you to get to know me a little bit better. Again, that's youtube.com at Faith and More Podcast. We so hope and pray that you have enjoyed the show and have found everything that you are searching for in a podcast and more here with us. We now have an Amazon.com wish list for the show for anyone who would like to make an offering. A link can always be found in the show notes. Angel is always open to questions and suggestions. We have people listening from all over the world. There are amazing beings, past and present, in your country, society, and culture that we do not know about. But we should. Please, contact Angel and share these amazing beings so the world can learn about them. Next is prayers. We love to pray and our listeners love to pray as well. So, let us pray for you. 
There are two ways to do this. The first is to email angel directly at faithandmorepodcast@gmail.com. The second is through our website at faithandmorepodcast.wixsite.com. Slash. My. Dash. Site. There is a form at the bottom of the website to request prayers. So until next time. Have a blessed week and know that each and every one of you are in angel's heart and prayers. Bless you.